Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif, executive producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, we are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zdrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, Bonjour. In Spain, Hola. In Italy, Ciao. In Egypt, Athen Wasagna. In Ghana, Akwaba. In Nigeria, Peleo. In South Africa, Saobona. In Senegal, Nangadef. In Kenya, Jambo. In Israel, Shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, Assalamu alaikum. Greetings, and may peace be upon you all. All right, guys. How are you? This is Gathering of the Griots, and we are rocking today. I am Asada, and I just love bringing in this environment. Because people just don't understand how important our authors are to the planet. You know, we are the holders of the story. And if we don't tell our own story, we already know somebody else is going to tell it for us. So we're not doing that. So I just want to give you a little sense of who we are because, you know, people know me for the Soulful Chicago Book Fair, but I'm not really sure if they fully, fully, fully know. So I'm going to show you a great video to kind of give you a sense of who we are because I started a not-for-profit because we do so many things to help literacy and the literary arts. And we have some areas that we just have some strengths in. So before I introduce our great author today, I'm just going to share that with you. So you say, oh, okay, I see what Asada is doing. Let's take a look.
questions. I just love how I'll be taking so long to do this. <laughs> All right, here we go. Out of the heart of the soulful Chicago Book Fair comes the Soulful Book Fair Foundation. The Soulful Book Fair Foundation provides programming, training, and literary opportunities for black theme writers and their readers while increasing exposure and access to culturally relevant literature in black communities. The Soulful Book Fair Foundation is built over four pillars. The Black Literary Marketplace, Postal Training and Marketing for Black Writers, Archive Black Stories and Literary Experiences, and Foster Writing and Telling of Stories through Black Youth. Our signature book pairs have showcased over 350 authors. Still, there are not enough opportunities for Black writers to promote their work. The Soulful Book Fair Foundation helps to enhance the black literary marketplace and provide avenues for authors to gain exposure and sell their books. Everyone has a story to tell. For those people courageous enough to become authors, we help guide them through the process of building a business around their books. From effectively presenting at events to maximizing social media. We offer training and marketing to help black authors so they can confidently develop fruitful literary careers. Understanding the past allows one to have the future. We preserve the story behind the storytelling of activists, writers, leaders, and youth in the black community through state-of-the-art videography produced by the media partner of the Soulful Book Care Foundation, OM Productions International. We transform history into our story. I purchased my first property at 19 years old, and I have done more than 20 deals since then. I can teach you to come visit me at the Soulful Chicago Book Fair. Children today do not read and write as much as we did in the past. Children today actually read and write more than we used to because they post in text as their primary form of communication. The Soulful Book Fair Foundation creates opportunities for young people to share their stories through special workshops,
continue the Black Essay Contest provides opportunities for young people from grades 4 through 12 to win prizes for sharing their family
in the 1980s and 1990s and book about the, the strategies that we learned and the strategies that we uh, created and shared. And so the publisher of that book, the name of the book is Trust, is an acronym, Time to Rebuild Understanding Between Students and Teachers. Mm. And the publisher of that book is a friend of yours. <laughs> I know who that is. But... <laughs> Yakira, that's right. What's up, Yakira? Brought us to the Soulful Chicago Books um, Book Fair. Fair. Got you. Okay. And that, what year was that about? Uh, 2018 or 19? I think it was. I think it was 18. And I'm telling you, the sister's still here, y'all. So that's a good sign. (laughs) That is a good sign for sure. Well, today we're going to talk about almost everything you've done because one of the things I think folks need to just acknowledge about what you've done, you've transformed a very tumultuous and problematic situation into a whole bevy of experience, you know, and you've done so through books. I think a lot of times people go through things in life, but they might just sit and wallow in the mire, right? They just don't do anything about it. And so my thing is, nah, that's not what you did. What I want to do first, though, this is something I'm so happy about, y'all. This sister has become a time member of the Soulful Chicago Book Fair. Let's give it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what that means is that Man, she's up in here, and look, if you believe in me, I'm going to believe in you. And so we have a membership program where we take, like, just opportunities and throw them at you, just throw them at you. Even this interview today and taking this time to spend time with Michelle and find out more about what she's done and how she's done it, uh, we want to thank you for being, you you are our first new member of the new membership program. So what made you do that? What made you make that decision? Uh, I made that. I, I decided. I decided on that because I like the energy that you give to all of your artists. I said that. I think I said that last time mm-hmm. I was on your show. Okay. Uh, because it's fact. You okay. make every one of us feel special, and you make us feel like you can take our books and 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 tell us what to do. And we follow your instructions, and we can store and go viral. So I like your energy. Ooh, look, y'all, look. It's your God. Oh, God. She got a baby So we do want to thank you for that because that is so important for uh, just development. I've been given a gift over time to just, I don't know, share with you all and um, become proficient in uh, – Literature, celebration of of black writers, I'm talking about just in history. But I just listen to God. I listen to what he tells me to do because I'm not sitting here all day like in books like, oh, God. But I do understand the reality that we need to tell our own stories, period. I think that's why I was put in this literary world. Even as a teenager, I was in a program um, that is now called Achieving Leadership's Purpose. And um, it, it's, it, we had to read. 
man, we had to read. We had to read France for Nine. Uh, we had to read Why We Can't Wait by Martin Luther King. We had to read Ivan Van Sertema. We had to read so many things. And it just kind of created a palette for me understanding stories that the schools weren't teaching. Yeah. I, w- I wasn't getting that data from anywhere. And so the importance of this role and the importance of you is about uh, just us learning what to do in these different situations and telling the accounts from our viewpoint because a lot of times, oh, God, I don't even know what people are doing. I mean, it's but just not. stories are told, but they're not told from our viewpoint. And that distorts the story. That distorts the story. And so we're going to get hot and heavy right into it. I want to show you all something that um, just kind of gives you a little bit about what this lovely lady is about to talk about. And so take a look at this because it's important. I'm not even going to do no big introduction on it. Talk about it. The Enemy Within is about a character named Simcock. She's the protagonist. And uh, Simcock is an elder sister who has a granddaughter. And the granddaughter, uh, Zahara, found Simcox journal, mm-hmm. and in the uh, journals that she read secretly, she discovered something about her her stepdaughter, a grandmother, um, that she didn't know, and she was able to see her from a different view, a different perspective, a different eye. Okay. Uh, so the story talks about what the about the, the uh, journey that the uh, granddaughter uh, followed and learned as she read her grandmother's journal. Mm. And they were about her grandmother's experience as a young wife with, uh, and she experienced um, the emotional abuse, very extreme emotional abuse. Well, we know that emotional abuse, it is very often so much worse than physical abuse. Mm-hmm. The emotional scars take a lifetime to heal, if they ever heal. Mm-hmm. So that's what that story is about. I wanted to tell that story because 
Um, when I look around me and I look around my family and community, there are so many women that experience abuse, emotional and physical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, domestic and it causes people, it causes uh, women and their offspring to suffer silently. And as I, after I finished that book, and, and maybe towards the end of it, I, I, I met a couple of men, actually, very strong men, that also experienced emotional abuse. And you can say that they also experienced physical abuse only because they did not want to fight back because they did not want to get a woman. This thing in, in our, our community is real. It's a mental health issue, actually, on both sides. And I just thought that that story needed to be told. And I wanted to, to uh, tell it not through a self-help guide like, you know, so many times when the, when the subject is talked about, it's talked about in a self-help guide or how-to. I wanted to, to tell that same story in a story. Got you. Like in a narrative way. Narrative. Right. So, so check it out, y'all, because I'm going to make it real. When you look up the word domestic violence, when you look that up, it says violence in the home. Now, y'all know I wrote a book called Beating Black Kids, and y'all want to get upset when the violence is going towards the woman, let's say, but you're not thinking about that domestic violence you did against the children. And at last, though, those children have to suffer with that so long. And now I must say, in, in, in this book, The Enemy Within, uh, I didn't want to make the 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 husband who who is the the antagonist. I didn't want to make him a monster mm-hmm. because in many situations these men or women in some some um, areas that they are not monsters, um, but they have been abused themselves mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. So they became the monster under the woman's bed that they have to deal with. Mm. That vicious cycle right there, it's a vicious cycle. I mean, and and we got to confront it, you guys, because it comes from something. We're not going to get into the debate about, oh, they were beating kids in Africa. Shut up. Be quiet. When you look at representations of family, when you look at our traditional representations of family, you see the man and the woman sitting together, the baby being breastfed, like statues, straight up, whether it be Egyptian and the little child is standing next to the leg of the father. Like, I'm not seeing in traditional representations of our families this violence and no, no cave drawings of hidden kids. I'm not seeing that. So... This learned behavior from, you know, we could start with slavery if we would like to start there or whatever. When you talk about uh, the, the way we treated each other, slavery and colonialism, because this is not separate from Africa, Caribbean, any place you find us where we were uh, suppressed and, and people beat us and our children, 
we took on the uh, behavior of the winner, what, what was seen as a winner. Who's winning in this situation? Who got the control? So then we start doing those things. So now with the enemy within, because um, you talk about emotional abuse, and sometimes that's um, worse than the physical abuse, but can you give an example uh, of what you mean by that? Like what in the book describes the behavior that you're talking about? Um, well, Stinkai, it's early on in her marriage, um, she was called stupid on a very regular basis, and it became like her nickname. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an example in the book. Um, Another example, you know, I'm a writer, so sometimes we write stuff and we forget about it. <laughs> Another example in the book is um, where she was forced to sleep on a, on a, 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 a mat on the floor during a certain time of the month um, mm. because, you know, she was deemed. Um, uh, nasty yeah. or clean at that time. Mm-hmm. So instead, and, 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 and you know, in many African cultures, when a female is on her cycle, they are separated. Mm-hmm. But when they're separated, they're separated so they can do some self-care and and, and some, some uh, uh, prayer and some rest, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they're separated into a beautiful space. But she was separated in a mat on the floor in the corner. Mm, mm-hmm, and mm. uh, in a, a couple of other instances, um, she was told on a very regular basis that uh, her husband only needed her for the bedroom mm. and the kitchen. Oh. And, but we know that. I have a bed. So much more value than that. Yeah. You know? So those are a, a couple of situations and a couple of, of, of instances. Now, I write creative nonfiction. Creative nonfiction is where a writer looks at parts of their own lives and parts of the lives of people around them and, and creatively blends and molds those different stories into one. Mm, hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That and and that, you know, I think it's a great format for writing because you know you're always dealing with people. Talking about, are you talking about me? Is that is that about me? Oh, <laughs> like yeah, that's you. That's you, not for real. You know, but when you write in this style, you protect them. You know. I tell um family and friends, and if you don't leave me alone, you're gonna find yourself in one of my stories. <laughs> That's right now. That's the power of the pen. Don't get it. Power of the pen. Don't get it twisted. So, you know, the important part about this book, The Enemy Within, is that, man, these women actually come out a certain way when they are constantly. It's so funny that you said she's always called stupid, right? Because I know of a woman who really doesn't like being. I don't even like to hear the word stupid because she was called it all the time. 
And she wasn't called it by her man. She was called it by her mother, you know. And so when we are talking about this emotional abuse, y'all, and verbal abuse, I'm telling you, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Because parents are creating some of this stuff, which is where some of the boys are getting it from. If I was a black boy, I might not want no sister because they beat me my whole life. My whole life I was hit by women. I was cursed at by women. I was told off by women. Why would I want you later in life? You know, and so go ahead. Yeah, talk about it. Um, Well, by definition, it's called when, 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 when women or men or children are treated this way in the home, it is called domestic violence because it's, it's a pattern. It is domestic violence. It's the violence. It's a pattern of behavior uh, of somebody wanting to gain um, power mm-hmm. and keep the power and keep control over another person in the relationship. Yes. Um, and it happened, it could happen to anybody in any home. Uh, and initially, sometimes the person experiencing this domestic violence may not even know that it is emotional abuse. Right. But because it's a pattern, yes. it, it, it happens on a regular basis. They discover that this is not uh, the way people who say they love each other is supposed to behave and treat each other. Yo, let me tell you something. I don't know if we all really know what love is. When you talk about somebody that loves you, because I'm telling you right now, I love my grandmother. I'm very much like my grandmother, right? Uh, but I've heard my mom say a million times that she never told me she loved me, but I know I knew she loved me, right? And there's an importance, though, in being able to express it. But when you have not really seen it yourself, sometimes it is challenging to be that, to show that, right? And we don't do a good job at that sometimes, like really showing adoration or admiration for each other. Even men and women, it's like all that mac and smack and, you know, everything sexual. No, I'm talking about when you can really give compliments to another to validate another, edify them, and make them feel good about themselves. I had a dude in my life. I love myself. But, man, he was good at making me even feel good about myself. Change, you know, it wasn't about sex. It was about admiration. So, go ahead. You know, in, 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 in all domestic violence um, situations, uh, there is a, a verbal abuse that always constantly happens. Mm-hmm. When someone is verbally abused, they experience uh, yelling. They, they get yelled at and screamed at on a regular basis. Right. Uh, uh, humiliated. And they may be humiliated in front of other people on a regular basis. They get called uh, names and uh, you know, they have, they experience being put down instead of built up, you know, mm-hmm. uh, they experience um, um, a, a humiliation and calling names about the way that they look and oh. the, the job that they have, you know, 
their interests, their friends, anything that could make them feel bad. That this person who who are verbally abuses, um, threatens. In 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 cases where there is a husband and a wife, there is almost always uh, an extreme um, uh, jealousy when they are accused all the time. And sometimes you hear these things about yourself, and you may believe it. As in the case of the character in the book, it's the enemy within. Thinka, as a young woman, she began to believe it. Um, and, and so you don't know who you are anymore. You don't know yourself anymore. Let me tell you. else. That, that and, oh, girl, I don't want to cut your comma. I just hit like this. Ooh. I got to but they that is so real and you all got to look at yourself and the people around you because people do embody it they end up believing these things about themselves and yeah. they go through they have to go through a process of peeling that onion a lot of times to confront even themselves but when you don't believe there's somebody in my family that when I would give them compliments they would say Oh, you just trying to build me. You just trying to build my head or something like that. Like they would dismiss the compliment because they couldn't have it. Like they couldn't, as beautiful as they were and as much as they had to offer, they just couldn't have it because somewhere in their life they got put down. And these other people's viewpoints about you that you grew up with, man. I'm yours. Yes. It becomes yes. yours. When, when someone is emotionally abused, there's almost always um, uh, guilt tripping, mm-hmm. uh, making you feel guilty about anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and definitely, there is, is is gaslighting in a situation where the the person who is doing the abusing convinces you that that's not what they were doing. Mm. That, that's not your experience. Mm. Put the blame on you. Turn it around and put it on you, which mm. is what happened to a thinker in the book. And they might silence treatment for uh, nothing. Uh, there's a situation in the book where um, thinker, she um, was not talked to for like six months. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and because she went to her mom's house uh, to visit, and you know, and 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 he didn't like that. The the, the yeah. character in the that man's name. I forgot that man's name. <laughs> That's all right. We look. I'm putting the website down there so they can go ahead and get it. Go ahead, girl. Anyway, so, so he didn't talk to her for six months. Mm. Uh, and how, how do you you live with someone in the same house? And not talk to them for six months. That is emotional abuse. Mm, mm-hmm. and because he could control her time. Say that and again. He is that abuser isolates you from people who love you. Mm-hmm. He couldn't control her time, so you know he gave her the silence treatment for six months. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, that silence is heavy. Work any longer. Say it again. No longer. Say it again. His threats didn't work any longer, so then he began to give her the silence um, treatment. Mm-hmm. I don't of you of what of what you've done mm-hmm. with your mama. She loves you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I've seen that. 
I've even experienced that, not on the side of what you're describing, but observing others to see how they one makes another person feel and be mad when yeah. that person is in my space yeah. because they know I'm going to empower that person. And when they're around me, yeah, they're going to get some different ideas about how to emerge in the world because yeah. that's what I'm going to do. So yeah. they would get mad, baby. I come around, oh, God, baby, get mad. Yeah. So it's just, you know, we have to really be aware of what is around us, who is around us, what are their intentions, is it worth it? Is it worth staying in a relationship just because y'all got children together? Or is it worth it when you know you're not happy and this person is actually hurting you? It, it, the, the results of that can be massive. And so um, if you all, let me just take – oh, go ahead, baby. I'm happy you said that because in Zinka's case, mm-hmm. uh, at the time that she got with this man, she was a beautiful young woman. And she had a very loving heart. So, and and but at the same time, uh, she was uh, vulnerable, and she actually thought that she could love this behavior out of him. Wow! And, wow! And, wow! Wow! And you never can it's mm. because it runs too deep. Got you. This is true. People that, yo, a lot of sisters think they could change somebody's behavior. Baby, one of the reasons why he got you is because he know he can yeah. control you. Yeah. Right? And what what she learned by the middle of the story and certainly the end, what she was able to teach her granddaughter through her journals is that instead of seeking the love of someone else, she had to learn how to love herself first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we cannot, when, when you enter a marriage, there's supposed to be two people, two whole people. Let me express and put emphasis on whole people. Mm-hmm. Together become one. Mm-hmm. A half a person cannot become one with another half or a whole. Mm-hmm. It has to be two healthy-minded, healed, loving, kind people coming together as one. And she didn't know that. She thought mm-hmm. she could change this person because she saw some of the behavior in the beginning, but she ignored it. Mm-hmm. And in the cases, um, people, we do ignore the behavior that we see. Right. Look, if you want to call in and chime in on this, you have your own experience. You got questions for my girl, Michelle Renee. There's the number at the bottom of the screen, 727-731-5192. Feel free to call in, and we will let you say your piece because it's a lot of us. It's, it's way too many of us out there that are telling you right now, we allow it to happen, and we treat it like it's nothing. And we must confront what we know did not make us feel good even as a child, because, look, people be talking about, well, I got hit and I turned out fine. I'm going to keep kind of going back to not just man against woman in a relationship, but y'all, we, we, we help this fester from an experience of when we were young, but we really, just to confront it, it's not about incriminating 
your parents or incriminating people unless they really are committing a crime. We ain't going to make a light on them. But I'm just saying it's about just confronting it, and it's about people doing better, you know, and treating each other better so that we can come up out. Now, let me ask a question. So we have this experience, and this story was created from truth, right? It was created from truth. Yeah. Okay. So there's that. And like I said earlier, one can wallow in the Maya and be a victim and life is terrible and all of that, but that is not where you stayed. And so what I'd like to uh, just share is, man, you did something else. You you created another book that deals with this topic, but it seems like there's more of a healing. What is the name of that book? Becoming a Praying Woman. Mm, becoming a Praying Woman. Now, That's talk about. Well, well, wait, 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 wait. Don't talk about that yet. Don't talk about becoming a Praying Woman yet. No, no, no. I want the one that has to do with the sister and the brother. I'm going to bring up that image so people understand what we're talking about. Um, you know, I'm probably going to be like, oh, yeah, that's my book right there. Go ahead. Okay. Any moment uh, is a book of short stories and poems. Okay. And I wrote that. My My topic is always to show people what love is, how to love themselves, how not to allow yourself to be loved by someone else who doesn't know what love is, right? Mm-hmm. And so I always write those kinds of stories because that's such a, a, a serious and serious and difficult problem in the families of the students that I teach. Mm. And, but I chose the problem in uh, my community. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do something about it, um, not being able to save the world and change people. I decided to write in each moment, which is a, uh, an anthology of short stories and poems that all tell the story of love in different ways um, uh, that different women and ages of women uh, experience. And in each of those stories, the type of love that 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 um, sister in the story did not understand was that she needed to love herself. Mm-hmm. And so in each moment, um, and there's a place in every story where she has this, uh, where in, in the moment she discovered that she needed to love herself mm-hmm. and have needed to love herself. Wow. So you said in each moment is, you said sort of an anthology of poems? It's a group, it's short stories and poems. Mm. And about this book is, um, I I have a bachelor's degree in in literature, and I love African-American literature. So I was was reading uh, the works of Gwendolyn Brooks, and I wanted to be like her. <laughs> That's the style that I use in that book in each moment. I also use um, sonnets, and I use sonnets not because of Shakespeare. Yes, he did write 
in silence to tell the story. But I, I, I ran across an author called uh, Claude McKay. Yes. He was a Jamaican author in the Harlem Renaissance. Yes. And wrote in silence. He wrote a, a poem called America, mm-hmm. where he talked about the good and the bad of America, you know, mm-hmm. a, a bitter and a sweet, a love and a hate. Yeah. And that's so, so well in the sun. I'm like, I want to do that. <laughs> right, right. No doubt about it. <laughs> yes, create, using creativity to get that message across, to give it to us. And, you know, everything is not just that. You know, you watch TV, you look at our books and it's like, can we be creative at all? Well, we got callers calling in already, honey. Let me see who is the first caller up in here. Let me stop sharing this screen and let's get to the nitty gritty of it. Um, let go ahead and let our first call in. There's a lot of numbers down here, Lord. Go ahead, uh, let them on in. First one, go ahead, Naima. Two four eight three eight two. You're on with Gathering of the Griots. I think sure. they dropped. Okay, they might have dropped. Let's go to, okay, 312579. Oh, you're on gathering at the Griots. What you do, what you vibing with today? Uh, Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. Say what? Say that again. Eight one three four six one. All right. Well, we have a. Go uh, ahead and speak. Okay. Go ahead and speak. Make sure, yeah. Make sure your phone's unmuted. Unmute yourself, baby. All right. Well, we're going to go to another one. We have a, a 312 All right. 312632. Okay. What are them callers at? They're giving just drop. <laughs> He'll be calling back. Okay. Not a problem. Um, if there aren't others, we're going to continue on and just let me know when they come back to the table. So, Michelle, I first I want to say I applaud you for confronting the issue. Like I said, tackling the topic. A lot of times we do not want to look at what we need to look at to create what we need to create in ourselves. That happiness, we don't we don't know how to do it. We don't know how, and we also don't know what love is. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, we don't know what love is. We think love is a feeling and that's it. Mm-hmm. Love is a feeling. It is a noun. You know, you feel love for someone. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't grow into a verb, it doesn't grow into action, it's not love. Mm-hmm. It's love. You know, and when you love someone, you treat them well. Yes. You, you are kind. You show them goodness. You help. You know, it's a given and faith. You give love, you receive love. They give love, they receive love. It's a give and a take. 
because we don't know what love is, our families are not healthy. And marriage is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful union. It's supposed to be beautiful. We're supposed to exhort and encourage each other every day. Mm-hmm. I think my sons, as they are dating, looking for um, the one, uh, I tell them all the time, find the one that you don't mind loving and who loves you in return. Mm. You, you know, if you can wake up every morning, if you want to make that person smile, and, and and that person wants to make you smile, how about you think about them and they think about you? Mm-hmm. Think about yourself all the time, and they can't think about themselves. Find that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can give. They can get. You mm-hmm. can get. Love is an action. Love is an action. You know, it's so interesting. In Scientology, when we talk about love, um, Elmer Hubbard said love is a compound emotion, right? a compound emotion of admiration and sympathy. Hold on. Because a lot of times when we express love, it's a, oh, my baby, or, oh, there's a sympathy element in it instead of just the admiration. Think of the people in your life that you really admired, right? And that brother or that sister, there should be an admiration that's just out of this world for each other that would then create what that union should be about, right? So that that to me is uh, just important. It's a beautiful relationship, the yep. most beautiful relationship on the planet so that you can create other beings mm. as that action of love to them also. But we're not doing that in, in, our, in our relationships and in our families. And, yes, it gives them some slavery. Mm-hmm. Um, it did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, when are we going to figure out how to heal from that that um, uh, trauma to build families instead of breaking them down and tearing them up? When is that going to happen? When is that going to happen, y'all? Stop waiting. I think God is, like, looking at his watch like, oh, my God, it's been 400 years. Y'all still able? Oh, Lord, you know. Just come on and let's get this rolling. Now, it sounds like, did we have another caller? Because um, I think there's a caller, 773 802. Yes, Jamila. Hi, what's your name? Jamila Kareem. Hi, Sister Amila. Welcome. You can go ahead and talk. Go ahead. Well, well, yes. I've known uh, Michelle for a while, and she is an excellent writer. Mm. Hey, hi. Hi. You know, and and I think her approach to writing is really uh, her ability to uplift situations. Mm -hmm. She's Mm -hmm. very thoughtful in her words and how she perceives things. Mm-hmm. And it opens up your ability to come into the situation and gives you a variety of reasons to have profound thought. Mm. You know, we, mm. we like to just, I guess, 
kind of surface level a lot of things. Yeah. Instead yeah. of delving into what brings about the situation. You know, I, I, I tell people, you know, you have to look deep within yourself. Yeah. We all have shortcomings. Yeah. You know, but to be able to see your shortcomings and acknowledge them and say, you know, what can I do to assist? Mm. You know, a lot of us are scared to assist one another. Sure. You know, um, unfortunately, we're still in that um, crabs at the bottom of the barrel. Yes, indeed. Syndrome. You know, right. we don't yeah. we don't want to lend our hand or reach back and pull someone else up. Mm. You know, because if you're just beating your own chest and talking about what you do instead of what could I do mm-hmm. to help mm-hmm. someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a problem, you know, because yeah. everybody has a life. So in our community, we really need to figure out how to help someone else light to shine. Mm-hmm. You know, because we're not in this situation by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and if we say, you know, we need to love one another, then just do that. That's right. Then just do that. It, which which is easier said than done when you don't have good examples. I think Michelle, you wanted to chime in on um, Sister Mills' comments. Yes, that's that's what you said. Uh, is exactly what I tell my sons when they're looking for the person that they want to be with and marry. Look for someone that can 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 is comfortable with your shine mm-hmm. and the one that you're comfortable with them shining, mm-hmm. you know, because life and relationships is not all about you. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be about the other person as well. And so if you, if you can't allow this to shine, that's not the one for you because you're going to end up being the one who is abusing emotionally. Mm-hmm. In many situations, emotional abuse almost always grows into something else. Mm, absolutely. But abuse is a part of the physical abuse. It is what allows you to allow the physical abuse because you've been emotionally abused and your light has not been able to shine. Um, and so, you know, you allow this situation. So, yeah, I I agree with her. We have to allow other people to shine, too. Not you. Right. Look, thank you, sister, for calling in. We appreciate you. Look, y'all, times our people don't want other people to shine. Like like she said, the crabs in the barrel type of vibe. It's like shining is a thing, and shining some people are intimidated by that. They cannot have it. They don't even want to be around you. I've heard people say, why are you so happy all the time? 
Edward Scissorhands, you know, yeah. nothing bad, but I just can't have that in my cipher. For me to for me to create for others, I have to be at a height that at a height. At a, at, that I could operate at. And then if you want to get with me, hey, brothers, listen up. Mm. You got to shine yourself, baby. You got to shine on your own accord. Yeah. And, and I can yeah. share that. Yeah, that can be shared. When the person is operating at a high level, yeah. they can share. Go ahead, baby. Yes. You know, I, I, I read scripture a lot. And the scripture in Hebrews 3.13, I do believe, it says, exhort each other daily while it is today. Mm. Mm. And, I mean, that does not require an explanation. Right. Exhort to encourage and to motivate, to build up. That's right. You know, you, you can do that without yourself being put down. If you feel um, you know, some kind Great. of negativity by building somebody else, nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And like the caller just said, um, dig into yourself. we got to dig into ourselves. That's right. That's if right. Each one of us has to heal. If you entered a relationship where you were not a whole person, that was not the ideal situation or ideal time to begin the relationship. However, it's never too late. Think it to yourself right now. Never too late. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Girl, love yourself. Love yourself. You know, I'm sorry. I, I always, I, I, I can't help it because it's what I live by. Yes. But there's a scripture that says, uh, Get the get the beam out your own eye. What you worry about that person the most for? Hey, How would you talk dig about it? Get it. Dig in there. Get it out. Heal yourself. Uh oh. Now we getting there. Hold on. We got another caller. A caller at eight one five seven zero one. Go ahead and say what you feel. Assalamualaikum, everyone. Peace. How are you, sir? Peace. Hello. I'm tickled pink, and I am so darn proud to know Michelle Renee Israel. I know that's um, right. What's your name? I, What's your name? Aquila. 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 And Wait. Aquila Gray? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Uh-oh, that's my Aquarian sister. Wait up. Hold up. Okay, who we got? Who we got? Who we got here? That's Asada. What's up? Talk about my girl. Oh, Asada. We talking about her. (laughs) Well, you know, birds of a feather, they always stay together. You already know this. Yeah, and I just got to speak on, and for me, it is Michelle, but for me, she'll always be a mirror. So she's tolerant with me with that. But it's a term Mm -hmm. of endearment for her. But I, I love to have seen Michelle transform, you know, not not in her word because her word has been constant. Her word has been constant. And we say a woman of God, that's who she is. That, that's mm-hmm. who she is. And so, and so what comes out of her mouth, it can stand all by itself because it's truth. You know, um, and, and she's who she says she is, every drop of it. We've been together mm-hmm. for, for for many a year, you know, uh, and here we are still um, um, making a difference, trying to make a difference uh, in in just our community and our homes. And, and this sister carries so many hats, 
you know, she has mentored me. Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm, all, I'm just speechless because I've, I'm seeing who God is transforming her to be. And truly, she's a, she's a lighthouse, she's a powerhouse. She really is. No, you ain't you know, lying about that. that. You know, she truly is. And so we, yeah, you know, we have, you know, I want to sit at her feet. Don't I mean, oh, Mira, let me know where you're going. Because this sister, you know, instructional-wise, she's at the top of her class. She's at the head of the class. I saw her enter. Yeah. Uh, 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 am I talking too much? No, baby, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. We're going to take okay, a break in a minute. I'm, Go ahead. Okay. I'm, I'm just turned on uh, anytime I really think of uh, Michelle because she keeps coming. She she just don't stop. And every time she's coming, she's coming with some good stuff and some stuff that that's survival right. mechanisms that we need in our spiritual growth, in our emotional growth, and, you know, just across the board in our physical, our health, all of that. This is that mm-hmm. really taps into all of that, and then she locks it all in with knowing who she is as a woman of God. Mm. No doubt about it. it. Touch it. Ah. So thank you. Thank you, Aquila. We love you so much, girl. Oh, girl, I love y'all. I love y'all. <laughs> and can I, you know, I'm going to say this and let go. For me, we know now today, uh, you know, I just had a birthday, and I tell the world Congrats. it's May 71. May 71. Go ahead, fine, girl. So, but what I'm saying is that we things have shifted. We're we're in a shift, and now we can honestly say we are truly in the age of Aquarius. And to me, that translates as those devoted to God, those devoted to the Most High, those devoted mm-hmm. to elevation. You know, and and our time is here. We have finally arrived, and so I just lay out the red carpet for my sister, and we all we all in close pursuit. We all coming. So, mm, no I love doubt. Y'all. Love, love you. Love you Peace, Aquila. Peace. We, love this. we love some Aquila. We love it. We're yes. going to take a quick yes. break, and we're going to come right back because we got some more goodness going. So call us, 870. What's that? 227. You hold tight. We're going to take a quick break and then come on back with your energy. Here we go.
Man, I love that video. Just powerful, powerful, powerful. So I know we got a caller for you. There we go. Oh, you looking good. That's what you talking about. Let's take the caller at 870-227. You are live. Let's hear from you. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. Who's hey. calling? What's your name? Yep. This is Amir. Amira. Hi, Amira. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. I just wanted to. Um, I don't. I don't know what to say. Really, Imam Michelle is amazing. <laughs> she's her writing is amazing. Her character is amazing. She's just. She's just dope. <laughs> um, I want to um, comment on the book "Becoming a Woman." I had the privilege of editing this wonderful book. And there's like so many nuggets in it. It's just as a as a younger woman, she is my tightest too. She teaches me so much just by being who she is. And there had become a time in my marriage where I was just like, I'm leaving this dude. <laughs> like I'm tired of Oh, I think she might have dropped. I'm not too sure. Oh. Yeah, but we she was in the middle of talking about, you can call back, sis, and we'll, they'll let me know. Because, look, it was getting good. You was getting ready to talk about leaving a dude. I was like, wait. <laughs> I mean, what happened? What'd you do? I can imagine. I can imagine what she's going to say is that she dug into herself. You know, she figured out what she was doing wrong, what she needs to do to improve. Yeah. And so that, you know, we become the power in the room mm-hmm. as, as, as black
child's life. Mm-hmm. She became, the abuse continued, and it grew until she grew strong enough to say no. Gotcha. Yeah, In now, many cases, that's all that it takes. That's all it takes is to get that energy out to your life. Now, yes. this is what I want to start to deal with. We're talking about how you transformed an, an abusive situation into a better living. You've got something called the Jeremiah 9 Woman Theory. What's Jeremiah 9? What are we doing? Because that's looking powerful. Well, in, 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 in the Bible, there's a chapter in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 9, verses 17, 17 through uh, 20. In Jeremiah, the, the, the men got us in trouble again with their bad behavior. You know, we were in situations that they could not get the nation out of. And they were uh, praying and fasting and, you know, and trying to get things turned around in, in, in the spiritual realm. And it didn't work either mm-hmm. just because the Lord said, you know what, I'm not listening to you. But if you call for the praying women, the women who are skillful in prayer, I may turn your situation around. Mm-hmm. And he did. When they called for those women to pray, the situation was Turned around, they got a helping hand. Mm. Uh, and in that in that scripture, Jeremiah nine verses seventeen through twenty, it says that teach your daughters how to pray too, woman. Don't let this die with you. In many cases, in our situation, it was our grandmothers, it was our mothers, it was the women who were in the background watching, observing, and and praying us out of situations. So teach your daughters how to do that too. Don't let that be a lost art. Man, see there? Now, tell us about, we can see these uh, books on the screen. Tell us about why they are the Jeremiah 9 series. Just tell us a little bit about each book. Um, well, when I, wrote, when I wrote the Jeremiah 9, it was called the Jeremiah 9 uh, Woman. But um, it was just so heavy. The the subject matter was so heavy, and it just became so deep that a brother suggested that I I separated, mm-hmm. and that's what I did. I separated it into three books. The first one was launched in January. It's called Becoming a Praying Woman. That's the beginning, and the next step is to learn about our foremothers. The, I don't know who in who of your callers know this, but um, a lot of black people read the Bible and they're not going to stop reading the Bible. Right. I don't care what you say. Right. But they need to know that uh, that book is a is is a, a black history book. It tells about the history of a particular people who are black skinned um, that were stolen in slavery. Da da da. We all know that story. Mm-hmm. But in this book, Lessons for My Foremothers, uh, by um, uh, these sisters, uh, black women, and uh, talk about who they were, what they did, and their character. And then there is a section where it's a journal where you are saying what you learned from that sister. And that was a sister. Sarah was a sister. Miriam was a sister. Mary, the mother of the the, the the man that we 
we we want to worship because he had uh, he had uh, feet as grass and 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 woolly hair. That was a brother mm-hmm. born by a sister. Mm-hmm. So that's what that book is about. Lessons from our foremothers. Who were these women? What did they do? Mm-hmm. How did they think? And what can we learn from them today? That's right. That's right. that's going to be available in March. And I chose March because March is is Women's History Month. And nice. I thought that would be a perfect time to launch a book based on that topic. And then the last book of the series is a study journey um, for for people who live by this, these these rules, these, these these things that we read in that book that that we um, we have in our homes. Then it's a study journey. Uh, I said earlier, and Jamila said when she called in that we need to dig deep into ourselves and we need to figure out what's wrong with us. Get that beam out of your eye and then dig it up, dig it out, and replace it with some good behavior. Mm. That's what that last piece is about. That will be available Juneteenth. If you notice, I picked times where, you know, the times of the year means something to us. To us. Thank as, you. As black women. That's and right. So, yeah, that's what that's about. It, it 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 all be, it was it was able to go actually and it was never published and so now that it's being published actually it was the the husband of the woman who published the book from IN Media Books her husband is now deceased okay. and, he, and he was a great guy okay. um he was not an emotional abuser mm-hmm. he he was the one who suggested because it's just so heavy that maybe you need to figure out how to separate it. And that's how it, it that's why it's a series. Yeah. So instead of it being the Jeremiah 9 woman book, it is a series of books based on Jeremiah 9, 17 through 20. Mm, see, y'all see the books up there now? And at the bottom of the screen, you see that the website where you can get the books is michellerenee.com. So go to michellerenee.com and get those with somebody just commented like I'm going to get them books. I said I know, I know that's right. I know that's right. So now <clears throat> we're talking about the evolution of and and it sounds like you know we're dealing with the family on a whole, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so with that who who you going to bring in? You you got to bring in the baby. You got to yeah. bring them in, right? So yeah. you even did something with that, correct? The children. Let's see what we got yeah. going on. Oh yeah. So the truth the twins. twins. Go ahead, the girl. Tell us about that. Uh, the the characters Kaviva and Kaviel. Those are based off of my twins, who are now almost thirty. Wow. They cool. they are grown grown. Nice. But it's based off of them, the truth twins. They are. Uh, their families read this book, you know, that I'm alluding to, and and we we have all these black children reading these books, reading this book in all these different uh, churches, and even in in Sunday school, we give them um, these worksheets and handouts about these people that they're reading and learning from in in the Bible, mm-hmm. but we give them worksheets with white faces, faces that don't look like them. Right. 
And so they're not learning that these people are them, that they are an extension of these people. They're looking at these someone else uh, as somebody else's heritage and lineage. And I wanted to, uh, I don't have any grandchildren yet. So I wrote these books so in hopes that my children, there are five, five of them, mm-hmm. will someday have um, children of their own. And I wanted to leave them a legacy. Mm. I wanted them to know who they are. Mm. And so I wrote, I started the, the uh, True Twin series so that I can tell a series of Bible studies of, of stories about who they are so that they can identify with these these uh, characters and not be pushed off by them because they see them as somebody different from who they are. I am an educator. And I know that children, whether they are Asian children, Hispanic children, Caucasian children, black children, African children, all need to see themselves in the literature. Mm. So I started the True Twin series so that they can see themselves in the literature that they learn in their homes and in their churches. Let me tell you how important that is. Um, my daughter goes to Columbia, and they were doing a – she's in a class that is looking at children's – the culture of children's literature. So she texted me the other day, and she's like, what's that book we used to have? And it was a book that had, like – she said, it got a little baby with Nubian knots on the front. So okay. we were going back and forth trying to find it, and she finally found it. It was a book by uh, Spike Lee called Please, Baby, Baby, Please, right? Mm-hmm. And so when I asked her later in the day, what made you want to uh, find that book out of any book? She's a children's author herself. She's got her own book. But mm-hmm. this is what she said. She said, all I know is that when I was little, I used to say to myself, that little girl looks like me. See? That's See? what she said. Like when she exactly. was a little girl, this yes. little black girl with Nubian knots. It ended up being curled, yeah. but she said in her mind, when she was little, it was a little black girl with Nubian knots, and I used to do her hair and them mm-hmm. Nubian knots, and so for her you to say... You see how important it is for our yo, to see themselves in the literature? So important, so and I important. thought that that was so strong. I was like, Dad, yes. go ahead. I'm yes. so happy as a so, mom that I need to do that, but yes. the have fact you. that you have to do that, what you're doing, making those yes. images of our yes. kids. So the first in the series... The uh, Truth Twins tell the story of Noah's Ark. And I thought the story of Noah's Ark was a couple of reasons. One, because it tells of a courageous family. And we hear about uh, Noah all the time. But what about his wife and his children, his sons and their wives? They were also courageous enough to follow him. Right. They said, no, bro, uh uh-uh. Right. You're crazy. I ain't doing that. Right? <laughs> but they were courageous enough to say, okay, maybe. I'm not sure about it. You know, I'm a little bit confused, but you might have something there. I'm going to help you. Mm-hmm. So so that that's their story. The family is about a family who is courageous enough to follow this idea that uh, Noah had and was given. And also... Uh, because in that story, it says that the world was destroyed in water, right, yeah. by flood. Mm-hmm. But after after they got out off of that 
people, the world populated again. Mm-hmm. And so parts of the story tells how the world populated, who came out of those three sons, Shem, Ham, and Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it gives a lineage. For me, in, uh, in, in, in my, my uh, children's book series, it's important that black children have, they are linked to the lineage, the heritage, the ancestry of the Bible, mm-hmm. that they're never, um, never uh, drawn to or linked to. Mm-hmm. So that's your daughter said, I want that book because she remembered that person, that, that, that child on that cover was her. That's right. She, she related to that because the child looked like her. So for me, it's going to be important that whenever my children decide to have grandchildren, that their children uh, are linked to these characters in this in the in the by buying themselves there. And mm-hmm. because it, it because it was it's written for grandchildren I don't have yet. Everybody else's children and grandchildren get the benefit first. That's right. I just love it. I mean. This is this is being forward thinking, guys. Just bottom line, like you could sit and victimize your whole life, or you could get up and create solutions that yeah. don't just have to deal with you and you're a victim. None of that. Get up and think about the world beyond you. Like the yeah. sister said earlier, you know how she's been impacted by Sister Michelle. Yo, be purposeful. Have that purpose-driven life. Whoever wrote that. Look, have a purpose-driven life so that yeah. you really, so that people are out here. You know, I tell authors uh, and told family members that I think should write a book as well. I'm like, your book is not about you. You yeah. being scared to write your book and all this, it ain't about you. That's it's true. about the people that need to build reading your work. They need to learn how to do something better or get information that they didn't know they needed. That is just the bottom line. Your book is for the world to yeah. prosper from. You understand? Yeah. Just that is how you do it. You gotta get into your own. What was the reason that God put you on this planet? And then you gotta, you know, rock from there. So I love that you did that for the children, um, for us, for them to grow from. And I really think it's important that um, y'all gotta she, look. Let me tell you about her. Let me tell you about Michelle. So good, I meet, I meet her through the thing. Do the rip. Preparing for this, I said she she going all around the world. Marguerite, I think it's important to talk about uh, the fact that your future is bright. It's full of things, full of things. But before I go into the fullness of that, I think we have a caller. Let me check on in real quick. Um, I heard a beat, but if not, that's cool because um, people are calling. If you want, my sec, let me put this on here for you guys. You see the number at the bottom? If you want to call in, chime in, give your suggestion. You don't really, you know, suggestion. But if you want to give your, your point of view, let me tell us what to do. No, I'm kidding. If you want to come to the table and just echo some of what we're hearing today, we're here with Michelle Renee, who is an author of several books that stem from dealing with abuse, but having to look at yourself and bring yourself out to doing books that use God as its focus 
the purpose. How, oh, you want out of this? Yeah, let's get spiritual. So it's just important that people understand your role and what you did. I know for a fact that you've been, look, I've been looking at Facebook like, where's she at? What? I'm like, where's she at? And I'm like, I see people doing Roomba and all kind of stuff. Um, You have been traveling the world, right? We spoke last night, and you was like Haiti, Belize, Brazil, Zimbabwe. Like, well, first of all, I asked her, so I'm going to let her tell us now. I asked her, I was like, what you doing that for? Like, usually you traveling because you're doing it for work or you traveling because, I don't know, whatever. Tell us a little bit about, uh, and your your screen went out so we don't see you, so make sure you they put you back. Um, when she comes back, I'm going to share just a little bit of just her reality with this traveling. Look at this. And it's just amazing to me what all she has in store. Um, you know, it, it's just, put it like this. She's been to uh, the work she was doing in Zimbabwe had to do with helping brothers and sisters get their water situation under wraps, okay? And so we're talking about we take for granted that we have water, but when you go to other places around the world, especially on the continent, that's not the reality. So when Michelle comes back, I'm going to have a talk about this, but do we – we have a new caller that I want to bring on. I think that's 312-550. Go ahead and speak to us. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Hi. Hi. I was scared to call it earlier because my voice is coming in and out, but um, this is Marguerite, and I've been enjoying this entire interview. I'm so happy I got a chance to um, tune in. I remember to get in get at 7 a.m., so I've been on the full time. And man, nice. Had, Thank you. Yes, I had to call in because I've been knowing Sister Michelle for such a long time. She definitely is an inspirational woman, an amazing woman, and a praying woman. She's always helped me to be a praying woman. And uh, I love her books. I've actually had the opportunity to work with her. I'm an illustrator, so I've done some oh. of the illustrations. And we've been having a ball. I'm just amazed at her brain. <laughs> I so, love yes. that. Thank so you. So I, said, oh, I, got, I got to call in and see if my voice going to even come out. Yes, but it yes. is coming out. Now, are you the illustrator for the for the uh, Truth Twins? No, not the Truth Twins, but the uh, women of the four women of the Bible. I got a chance to draw some of the women and how they look as dark-skinned women, so that was so much fun for me. I mean, I learned a lot. It's so fun when you do a project and you end up learning. And um, yeah. every time I'm around Sister Michelle, I learn something. That's what I enjoy about being around her. My daughter attended one of her schools, so she got a brain in her. The Lord blessed her with an amazing, amazing brain. <laughs> oh, I love that. We got her back on the screen now. Let me get her off mute so she can uh, hear you now. Say your name again, sis. Marguerite. 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 <laughs> That's right. <laughs> she's one of your illustrators. Yes, she is one of my illustrators. She is illustrating the next Truth Twin 
series. Cool. So you going to be yeah. doing the True Twins. That's what we love. All right. Yeah, and, yeah. and she, she um, drew me some beautiful black women for, for lessons for my four months. That's what she was saying. So, Marguerite, mm-hmm. I want to say thank you so much for calling in. It's important yeah. that we as black women get each other together and make yeah. sure yeah. that we service each other and help each other just grow. Yeah. And so I'm so yeah. happy that you're part of the family, girl. Any yeah. And I'm thankful to be a part of this celebration of today. Yeah, this was a beautiful yeah. celebration yeah. for Sister Michelle, and I'm so glad to be a part. Yeah. Thank you. As, as I grow, I want to help other sisters grow, too. Other people grow also. Nice. Not just about me. It's about us. Yes. For me, it's about us. Uh, thank you so much, Marguerite. We appreciate you calling in today. Thank you. For being, let me be a part. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and thanks for, be, thanks for being here for the whole show. Girl, You, I might have to take you out, cook for you or something. That's what I'm talking about. Let's keep, <laughs> let's keep the family going. All right, cool. We got another caller at 248-382. Go ahead and say peace. 248-382. You're on live. Their call dropped out. No, if they come back. Okay, they call dropped out. That's all right. Come on back. We'll be waiting for you. Let's give it up to my girl, Naima Latifu. She made, yes, she made this possible through the female solution for gathering of the griots to even be here. But more than that, like she in the background engineering and doing the thing so everything goes smoothly. So thank you so much, Naima. So tell us a little bit, uh, Michelle, we were at the point where I was asking, why are you traveling? Why are you going around the world? What are you doing? Well, the first time I left left America, the U.S., it was because I have a Haitian friend, and we are we've been good friends for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's from Haiti, uh, uh, and she's lived in in the states since 1972. Okay. Um. So she she had a death in her family, and she didn't want to go by herself. Okay. So I volunteered to go with her. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I traveled. I got a passport. Uh, and if you are traveling and you have an emergency, you can get a passport right now. <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to take you a while. So that was the first time I traveled and got to see people from a different place. And it was just eye-opening, enlightening. We need to get off the block, y'all. Go get mm-hmm. yourself a passport. Go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that was the first time. And the second time that I went out of the country, I, I, I met uh, a sister on Facebook in a Facebook group, and uh, and we talked, we bonded about um, family and writing and books. So we 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 wanted to work. Mm-hmm. So I went to visit her in Belize, and man, I had such a beautiful trip in Belize. She, she her family, they were amazing. They were such gracious and kind hosts. Um, my daughters went with me because when I travel uh, out of the country, I always try to take one of my children, either one of my sons or daughters. Uh, so both of my daughters went with me. My youngest daughter, Naomi, went with me, and my oldest daughter met us there in the middle of the trip. 
she's a filmmaker, so she's always all over the place. Uh, so I went to Belize. I went to the uh, the rainforest. In the rainforest, uh, I found a little drum that I brought home, and I had an opportunity to play my my drum in the rainforest. Um, there's a, a beautiful beach there, and there were some baptisms on that day. Uh, to, I sent you a picture of myself, the, the lady that I visited, I think I sent you that one, and my daughter standing in front, in front of a drum, and I think it says uh, drums of our fathers or something okay. like that. Okay. Yeah, so I, I like the drums. All right, she dropped out, but hold on, you know, technology. We gonna let her come back. And I'm also uploading those images because she shared them with me and I was like, Oh Lord, hold on, I got to show the world. Look at that, hold up, hold up, hold up, look at her. Knocking it out in Africa. You see this here? That's what I'm talking about. She's gonna come back and talk a little bit about experience in Zimbabwe, then some more of the Zimbabwe experience. But, you know, you see, I put this on the, on the Zimbabwe slide, but you see that that picture in the lower uh, right-hand corner is the drums that she was talking about. That should be on the Belize side. But that, I mean, she has had so many experiences in Belize. She had a a book-building exercise in Belize, and this is where you see her with the children um, making their books. Who does that? Who goes country and does more of what they do here in the States? And I don't know if you heard her, but she was saying her reason for going out of the country, it wasn't like for for a job or something. It was because she needed to get off the block. She needed to get out of just the reality of uh, just everyday life in Chicago. So, yeah, I'm bringing her back, baby, so we can see. Now, you see I got up your Belize, right, your Belize? I don't experience. know why my call keeps dropping. I apologize. That's because yes, you're powerful. Yes. That's because you're powerful. That's a physical That's universe. That's how, they're trying to shut Belize, you down. When I went to Belize, Belize Ahaba, who was the sister I went to visit, she and I did a Build-A-Book project at a library mm-hmm. and a community center where we talk to those um, children about books, the purpose of books, what they can learn from books, and we help them build a book, a mm-hmm. build a story. It was hands-on. It was a hands-on workshop. Mm-hmm. And I played my drum for those children, too. Uh, I'm a drummer. <laughs> <laughs> Let them know now. She is a drummer. Don't I'm even get it twisted. I was I, telling them. I, I, I created a song on the fly because I found that drum in, in the rainforest. And those children were, were drawn to me because of my drum. Wow. Uh, I use the drum in, in classrooms when I'm I'm working with, with and kindergarten children. They draw they draw to me because of my drum. I teach them to, to read the sound of the alphabet using my drum. Mm. So in Belize, I found this drum because I didn't take it with me. I found the drum in the rainforest, and I played that drum for those young people, and it drew them into the build a book workshop that we had for them, where they were building books about themselves and their family. Man, you went Pied Piper with the drum, huh? 
and yeah. got the kids. And she got the. So look, look. Let me show you a little clip of her rocking. Even look, Belize, Africa. We gonna hop all over, but look at this little clip of her rocking with the music in Africa. in order to get the water during the rainy season. So we were able to 
build a water well from scratch there. Uh, and you should have seen me walking across this makeshift bridge where these people walk across every day. I did. I thought I'd fall in, but sure. I didn't. Right. So we built a water well from scratch, and we repaired four others that were in in disrepair for years. So we were able to provide water to five different villages mm. in the the in the out on the outskirts of of Harare, uh, Zimbabwe. And while we were there, we discovered that um, the uh, children have to walk so far to go to school. And many children can't go to school because of of the uh, distance. So they don't go to school until 9 or 10 when they're able to walk that, that, that long way to school. Mm-hmm. So while we were there, um, we saw another need where they needed a school in the community where we built the water well. And because the school that we have since started in Zimbabwe uh, houses so many, um, we, we, couldn't, we couldn't handle all of the children. Then um, one of our sisters, Yvette Daniels, on our team, she, she bought um, a school bus and took the school bus there so that the other children who couldn't go to the school that we started would, would be able to get to school safely. So we did a lot of work in Zimbabwe. Wow. A lot of work in Zimbabwe. I'm going to Tanzania and to see what, what you know, is needed and who I can gather to, to provide some need in, um, in May. Uh, so we'll be going to Tanzania with the family there in May. Now, when you do these trips, you might be a millionaire, I don't know. But when you do these trips, do you need assistance? Should people be donating to help you out? Or, like, I I mean, traveling ain't $5, and you going to multiple places. You didn't go one place and say, okay, that was good. Like, you have future trips. To take is there somewhere where uh, people can contribute? They can contribute to preacherhead.org. That's to help to build uh, the water well. The the uh, beauty is that I work with a small group of nonprofit organizations, and we we share our resources with each other so that we can do the work both here and abroad. So they can um, give to preachinghead.org, and I should have had the school's uh, website up. I'm putting it up now. No problem. They can give to Rise Christian Academy also. That's what um, it's called, Rise Christian Academy? Rise, rise up. Yeah, don't, don't be, look, don't be making no mistake. We'll be sending our money to somebody named Booley Lala. I ain't got no time for that. It's called so work. Yet until I get the link and send it to Okay, so cool. So you let me know about that. While yeah. while we're doing all of that, I want to ask about um, how do you think all of this traveling is going to impact you as a writer? How do you think it's going to uh, make will it enhance it or what's your it's your? Gonna en- it, well, it already enhances it. It enhances me as a writer and as a teacher. I'm an educator. So my travels enhance my my ability to teach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not only do I tell stories as a teacher, 
Mm-hmm. So that that really has a a very uh, important impact on my on my work as an educator. Now, as a writer, what I plan to do as soon as I finish the uh, Truth Twin series and the Jeremiah Nine series, I, would, I need to get that out and, and behind me. Yes. But as soon yes. as I finish that, I'm going to start. Uh, I'm going to start a travel series where I will create a story, a narrative, a character, uh, and take them to the places that I have visited and that I will. Mm. Now, I started out uh, I started out traveling on my own dime. Okay. Uh, yeah. But last year, my youngest daughter uh, got a gig that she loves and I love too because guess what? what? She's an air flight attendant, right, for one of the major airlines. And and I'm the mama, so guess who travels for free or eighty percent off? Eighty yeah. percent off sometimes would be like sixty dollars. <laughs> you understand? I went to Zimbabwe for sixty dollars. That's right. So, yeah, and and people people frown on standby uh, traveling because it's not easy all the time. But sometimes it is. Mm-hmm. And when it's not easy, when you get to your destination, because you will always get there, man, you will have such of all, it would be such a delight. So yes, standby traveling, it ain't easy. It's not for punks. However, <laughs> I ain't a punk. Standby traveling ain't for punks. <laughs> but you get to your destination. You know, I get there and, and I have a really great experience seeing how other people in other parts of the world live. It's an eye-opener. It is such, it's it's enlightenment. Mm, mm, I love it. We got another caller, girl. Um, three one two five seven nine. You are on live. Let's hear what you gotta say. Three one two five seven nine. Come on through. Well. I'm sure they will let me know how that goes, but I'm not going to, you know, we're not going to sit here like really. But, but here's what I really want us to acknowledge, guys. There are no limits. No limits. There are no limits. There's only how you, what you see so that you could be it, right? And don't sit there thinking, oh, I cannot do something because of another thing. It's like you have an intention to do something. It's Scientology. You have an intention to do something, but then you have a counter intention. So you say, oh, I really love that car, but I can't afford it. As you're doing that. You don't know how your blessings are going to come. You don't know how you're going to be able to travel to the continent and to these different places, to the Caribbean, because now a family member has a, a connection or you're part of an organization and some big grant came through. Like, you just don't know. You can know, but you don't know. So you don't put that part in it. You just see what you want to create. And then people will start to contribute to yeah. what you're doing, you know. And so we're looking at a sister here like Michelle. You said earlier, you said you have five kids? I have five. They're all adults. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and so – yeah, so we're talking about a mother five. We're talking about this is the um, Oh, hold on. We've got a call in, but hold on. So you have situations that might have been blocking you, but 
if you keep looking at that, you're not going to achieve. But if you keep yeah. going forward and you just continue to plan, people will contribute to your world. So sounds like yeah. you got a caller in. Ooh, did I hear Viata? Did I hear that? Yes, ma'am. What's up, lady? Welcome. I am so enjoying Phil, uh, Wisdom, your uh, uh, high vibe. This is just beautiful. I'm going to order her book for my grandchildren. Uh, Yay. Series about, you know what's up? But nice. I, when she was talking, I traveled, I, I traveled standby for over 30 years uh, because wow. my worked for Delta. <laughs> Michelle's got the right attitude because standby is not fun all the time. <laughs> and sometimes you make it to your destination and sometimes you spend 12 hours in the airport. But when you're traveling free, I've traveled free most of those 30 years. And I went all the way to Australia on standby. Wow. And, and did not get bumped. So congratulations, Thank you. <laughs> congratulations nice. Michelle. On having the right attitude, you gotta have the right attitude on on standby. Right <laughs> nice. I thank, you. I thank you for your your wisdom. I have a question for you because um, my grandchildren they're seven and nine, and they love music. And I had I posted this question, but I don't know if you saw it. I want to just get your opinion because I'm loving your wisdom. That um, they're likened to the dirty, the dirty versions of whatever they're listening to, and they and they're they're not with their dad every every day because they're divorced. Uh, their parents are divorced, but they like to listen to the dirty lyrics, which is cursing and all that. But their their dad is always no, no, no. You have to the clean version. So I'm thinking, and and I let want your opinion. I need to help them write poetry and and write and and yes, understand. Yeah. Feel how you feel when you write your own poetry versus listening to this yeah. other dirty. Go ahead, sister. It's empowering. It is empowering. They will love it. They can create it because the music that they they love is it, poetry. Poetry to music. So yes, get them in, into poetry writing. But don't just have them write what they feel in their poetry. They can start there, but every piece that they write, have them go back and teach them about um, style, rhetorical devices. Teach them about these, but have them go back and revise the writing and, and write and write their poems with intent and with and using strategies. So yes, do that, and then have them help them put it uh, to the music that they love. But don't stop there. Help them publish it. Help them get it on StreamYard or somewhere. Yeah, look, yeah. that's a thank you so much for um, calling in, Viata. These thank words you. are so important because they will do it. They will, but nobody's nobody's acting like they have things in their minds to write about. They're just a lot of times adults talk at young people instead of having conversations with them. And so when you have conversations with them, then you get to sit back and just listen to what they're observing. Right now, you know, uh, we, we have a thing we say in Scientology, outflow equals inflow. So, yeah, we got the negative stuff outflowing a lot. 
And so, okay, they get in the inflow from our young people. But then we we have to start to outflow in a way that's interesting to them, guys. Don't nobody yeah. – look, there's a reason that the woman on Charlie Brown is always going, want, want, want. That's how we sound to young people. <laughs> you know, that's a reality. So the thing is, no, let's look at where they are. Let's look at what is interesting to them, and then let's have them write about it. They could write short stories. They could write poems. They could write – of course, they could write rap. But, oh, when I want them to write something like that, I usually put my own style in there. I talk a freestyle, and I come and I put my little two cent in it. And I tell them to do a beat, and then I'll do a thing. So, yeah, it's just like the meeting them halfway so that they can feel and like it. Yes. And as you are getting them into listening to other things, have them look at the lyrics only. Have them analyze the lyrics of the things that they love and other other um, works also. Because there is good good work out here. There is good poetry and good music. Have them analyze it all. I, I'm not one that wants to, to shy away from teaching children the truth. Teach them the good and teach them the bad so that when they get a chance to make a choice, hopefully they'll choose the good because they know what the bad is also. If they don't know what that bad is, then they're going to, you know, it's human nature to kind of want to know what that is. You walk them through that bad and then teach them how to to, to turn that around. I like that. Walk them through the bad, baby. Walk them through the bad. Confront it. That's great. Look at the lyrics without the music. Ooh. I think you're going to do that. Yeah, and that's strong. Some of the words, uh, they might not even know. You know, sometimes I sing the, the old R&B. You know, we, it's, we, it's, it's research that we are emotionally attached to the music that we listen to during our adolescence. Mm-hmm. And I listen to some of the R&B now. I'm like, is that what they were saying? Please, what would they be? Um, 
You know, actually, I poured out a poem that I wanted to read. You can hold on just a second. You better hurry up, girl. We're getting ready to go. I'm going to put a comment up here. Thank you, Cassie. She said, this is a great conversation. I'm loving it. Looking forward to seeing more of these. Al, Al, go ahead, Cassie. This is for you, Cassie. Al, Al. I write about uh, love, love of self, love of family, love of person, love of wife, love of children. Mm-hmm. So this poem is called What is Love? All right, get it. It is so opposite of human nature. Real love is hard for us to comprehend. One who loves has no has one more motivation. It is not a thing one can act or pretend. What could be the matter of real love? Let's examine real. It exists as fact. It is unfeigned or sincere, genuine. When love exists, there is a true impact. There are days. There are days whom real love does not exist. One who is unforgivingly cynical. One who is receiving and not giving. One who is critical and judgmental. The word expresses the definition. He did not just talk about what it is. In John chapter three and four, God is love. He acted. He gave. He demonstrated. And so it's a long poem, but wow! Thank you for sharing it for us, you guys. You have been treated today by talking to Michelle Renee. Oh, look at that rhyme! Oh, that sister, you see her website at the bottom, MichelleRenee.com. Get those books. Tune in, Google her because she is out there, and more is to come because she's traveling the world, and she's gonna be bringing them back just like all the rest of our information. Thank you for being with us, baby. Thank you so much. Peace. This was great. Thank you. Peace. Hey. Let's close out. That's right. Thank you. We've come to the end of our show today, but you can hear every show in the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the dash female dash solution. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash the female solution. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Watch our TV shows. Listen to our radio shows. Order our books and be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Sheshe, India, Zanyaba, Japan, Arigato. Korea, Kamsanida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, John Cunyon, France, Merci, Spain, Gracias, Italy, Grazie, Egypt, 
Shukran, Ghana, Medasi, Nigeria, Eshe, South Africa, Ngiabonga, Senegal, Jared, Kenya, Asante, Israel, Toda, Pakistan, Shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakur, Saudi Arabia, Shukran. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you. And may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God's blessings. Goodbye.